Legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Welcome to Let's Talk Legacy. I'm your host, Gary Michaels. Today, we're very blessed to have a wonderful guest, Zika Metaxa. Zika is a member of an internationally known family in the spirits business, founded by her ancestors in 1888. That's quite a bit of time ago. She traveled the world promoting the family spirits and has now written a book, Metaxa Stars, The Evolution of a Greek Spirit Within Generations, which tells her family's story. So welcome to the show, Zika. Hello, Gary. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm very glad to be here with you and looking forward to having a nice conversation with you. Yes, myself too. And who doesn't want to talk about spirits, right? <laughs> of course. So to get started, while your family is extremely well known in Greece and throughout Europe, some of our U.S. listeners might not be as familiar. So tell us a little bit what the Metoxa spirit is, what it tastes like, and when it was first created, and a bit about your family and background. Yes, okay, indeed. First of all, to start with uh, what you said originally about the U.S., there is, uh, in the U.S., in certain uh, cities, there is a very, very big Greek community, as you know better than me. Uh, in these areas, they know very well uh, Metaxa. Uh, we always had great sales of Metaxa in these areas. It is in many bars and restaurants and hotels in the United States and has been for the last very, very many years, since the 1960s. So, Metaxa is a brandy. Some people refer to it as a cognac. Actually, it's very similar to a cognac. The only thing is, because cognac is produced in the area cognac in France, every other brandy that is not produced in France is not allowed to be called cognac because it's the name of the area. Got it. So, we call it brandy. It is a brandy. We have a five-star brandy, a seven-star brandy on the bottle, on the label of the bottle. Uh, it goes up to 12 stars. Uh, each star stands for the, the year or the years that the spirit, the brandy, has been in the barrel to mature. I am the fourth generation of this family. Uh, it started, as you said, very long ago in the 1888 by my great-grandfather. The actual business only went up to three generations. It was my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, and my uncle. Uh, they continued the business. They expanded it. And in 1989, Metaxa, the family business, was sold to an international uh, company. We have very good relationships with the people that uh, have this company now, this multinational company. So in the U.S., not as many people live with or work with their extended families. Exactly. But you did. What was that like having to navigate this business where you couldn't really create personal and professional boundaries, but you were involved in it? Yes, it was very challenging. And in Greece, uh, being a Greek, even more, because Greeks consider uh, girls, daughters, 
<laughs> not so, let's say, capable as boys. So a Greek family in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even 1980s, even nowadays sometimes, they always wished for the first child to be a son. Especially if they had a, a family business, they wanted the son to take over. And usually they gave their uh, family name, like we also did, to their business. But I eventually I had studied marketing and I, I made my way around, uh, starting from the very, very basics. I was sitting on the production line with the uh, labels and I was um, helping them stick the etiquette on the bottle. At the time, we still had a production line. So it was very, very challenging for me. Uh, I learned a lot of things. But the biggest lesson for me was when the multinational company took over and none of my family remained, I chose to remain. And it turned out it was a great lesson for me because the way the multinational worked compared to the way we worked as a family, for example, having, you know, family discussions, uh, deciding all the things we had to do, for example, over lunch, had nothing to do with the way a multinational works professionally. So I learned a lot of things. And as there were many, many products in that company, uh, I was able to do marketing for many other products, other spirits, and visit many advertising agencies and go around selling the products. I was brand manager for a few products. And this was a tremendous, tremendous uh, experience for me. It was like as if I had done a, a big master's degree. So you were talking a little bit about that you were positioned in a, a spot where they would put the females. You know, over the years, that's changed. What sort of challenges did you encounter growing up as a woman in the culture, not just in the in the spirits business that was mostly dominated by men, but in Greece? It was very challenging. First of all, in the beginning, nobody uh, took me seriously. They thought I was just there to, like, I don't know, pass my time or spend some time there doing... Uh, nothing special. They were a bit uh, strict with me also because it was a family business. And they thought, oh, okay, you know, it's her dad and her uncle. And she's not working for, for real. She's just, you know, being there doing little errands. They never took me in the beginning seriously. I worked very hard. I think that eventually they said, oh, okay, you know, she's doing well for a girl, for a girl in Greece always. And they sort of accepted it. But I never got any big bravos because this is something, you know, they, they, they always kept in Greece for the, for the boys. It was always a male that has to be very successful. Right. Okay, so you have come from a prominent family. Yes. It's not even a cognac, it's metoxa. Yes. It's like it's not a tissue, it's Kleenex. Exactly. How did that fame impact your personal and your professional relationships? Were you able to just have a normal friendship with somebody? No, 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 not not at all. Especially during the, when I was like, you know, in my 20s or so, there was a lot of advertising for the Metaxa in all the billboards, uh, in, the, in the big basketball games, the worldwide, let's say, Mundo Basketball, the soccer games, everywhere. There was a big billboard and it just said Metaxa. There was, it was yellow in the back with the, black letters standing out. So everybody knew Metaxa. For example, sometimes I would introduce myself somewhere and I would say I'm Metaxa. And they would say, that like the brandy. And I would say, yes, I'm from the family. And they're like, yeah, right. And I'm the king. Nobody believed it initially. <laughs> and then uh, I had some friends that in the end turned out not to be my friends for me, but for the, for the name, let's say. Sure. 
they always wanted something most of the time. They were asking me for a lot of favors to ask my father or my mother or my uncle or my grandmother, you know. You know, I felt this uh, this burden a lot. I didn't know how to cope with it because for me, it was just my name. Uh, and my family, and I must say this, and my parents, they were always extremely low profile and still are. And they always uh, grew us up, me and my brothers. Uh, they never told us it was something special or whatever. We were always very... Low maintenance, low. We never led an extravagant life. We never did something that was, uh, you know, eye-catching. We we lived like a normal uh, medium-class life, let's say. So I, I didn't, uh, I was surprised that people were reacting like that to, to my name. When I was 16 years old, I was uh, babysitting and I was getting uh, pocket money for babysitting in houses. I would take my homework for school for the other day and I would study it while I was taking care of the babies or I would walk the, the children their prams. I, I would take the bus to go somewhere and I am very grateful to my parents for this and this is what I'm trying to do now with my son. Let's dig into that because that's such an important part. I mean, children need to learn the value of money. Yes. I remember I met a classmate of mine many years after we had finished uh, school. He said to me, Zika, I would like to ask you a question. I remember we were always, when we were getting together to go out on a Saturday night, uh, we would, uh, other girls uh, and boys, uh, classmates, would always take a taxi uh, to come to the meeting point. You always came by bus, by the local bus. Why did you come by the bus? You know, why didn't you get a taxi? I, I, we always had this question in our mind. And I said very simply, because I knew that the money I had earned as uh, doing babysitting for the whole week, for example, it would be less than what I would spend on a taxi, and I didn't want to spend it on a taxi. So this is the only way uh, for children to to learn the value of the money. They have to really work, but not to work in their father's office uh, making photocopies, because that's not uh, the, something that would be very hard. Yeah. So you ultimately have wanted to evolve, and or what, as you say, it, find your own star. Yes. What happened that caused you to want to strike out on your own and away from the family business? I think it was because of exactly what we are talking about, because everything was related to my name and everybody was a bit biased uh, that I was the daughter of the family. Uh, I was the only daughter. There were two boys, even though they were younger, and that I had everything easy and uh, spread on a plate. Uh, and I think I definitely wanted to prove that this is not the case, and it, uh, it doesn't mean that everybody who comes from a who has a wealthy background or comes from one is the same. Because I felt it was uh, unjust to be treated like that when it was not at all the case. This is how I managed to have a, a certain character, a certain personality, and uh, values, which are very important. I, I, I received values from my parents. And I'm giving values to my son, I hope. I hope. <laughs> right. No, for sure. So you left the business, but you feel like, from what I can tell, your family tree has really set some foundation for you and given you many gifts. Which of these family traits did you choose to embrace and which ones have you kind of wanted to set aside? Mainly, I would like to embrace almost everything. The, the, the main characteristic of what I inherited, let's say, in values from my family, is uh, perseverance. 
And this has been a great gift. Growing up, uh, when I had uh, problems, let's say, over, I had to visit, uh, to have a surgery or something, this perseverance made me uh, go on in my personal relationships, in everything. Because my family really persevered. They didn't just wake up one man, one day and uh, uh, made the spirit and uh, gained billions of dollars. It took a lot, a lot of hard work. Uh, especially imagine making a product in those days. And also Greece is not a, a, a country that is known for its cognacs. So they really worked very hard. They persevered, both my father and my uncle. And what they, they managed to do to make this name international and well so well acquaint, acclaimed that even uh, their grandchildren now are proud and you said we also did uzo yes you know your specialty was this but what caused you to also take on an alcohol that is very much known in greece uzo yes this was my father's uh idea because my father studied enology in uh, dijon in paris and he's very good he, he has this he didn't do it just because of the business. He had this talent because since he was a small boy, when he was 10, 11, he was always in the cellars with my great-grandfather tasting, smelling, you know. And he really studied very thoroughly and he knows he makes, he can make a spirit out of anything. I'm so proud of him. He can take an orange and he can make a liquor out of it. So he really knew and he experimented wow. with it. Yes. And he has, he always had that side of the business. He was basically the mixologist, right? Yes. What we call uh, the master blender, they call it. Master uh, blender, okay. Yes, yes. So this is how he, of course, thought, you know, we make this, but we live in Greece. We also drink, you know, ouzo. It was very easy to make ouzo in Greece because we have all the ingredients in the nature, you know. So that's why he made it. But the brandy was more successful uh, sales-wise because there were many ouzos, let's say, in Greece from other companies also. But there was only one or two brandies. That's interesting, though, because because of the name Metaxa had, people might have tried their Uzo just because they believed in Metaxa, right? Well, they did. I mean, we did do some good sales, but nothing like the brandy. I got it. How did you make a decision to write a book about your family's history and the impact that it had on, on your journey? Yes. First of all, um, I wanted to make a different book because there there is a book. My father wrote, wrote some historians. It's a big table uh, book. And it says that the whole story of the family with all the details from the 1930s, he has photographs, uh, photocopies from handwritten letters from his uh, father, how they used to work in the 80s when there were not uh, you know, enough cars around and they were going with horses. So all that hi his historic uh, memoir had been written. It was like an encyclopedia. Uh, I want to write my own uh, memoir, let's say it's like a memoir. First of all, uh, beginning giving out of gratitude to my ancestors for what and proud for what they did and what they achieved. Then looking back, was I realized we always make the same patterns, follow the same patterns in life. For example, your father has a certain trait or your mother, you keep on doing it. I have found out that we tend to repeat the good things and the bad things the successes and the mistakes. And I thought, you know, I'm repeating the cycles. It's a little bit psychologically now. And I want to stop repeating these bad uh, patterns. For example, we did not talk a lot in my family on a personal basis. Me, my mother, my dad, you know, for everyday things. How are you? How was your school? How was this? You know, so as children, we didn't learn to open up. I do the same thing with my son. <laughs> we know we're doing the same thing. Our 
parents did, and we keep doing it. I know. How have you dug into that a little bit in your book? And what do you do as a parent to try to break that cycle? It's a constant growth, right? It is constant growth, Gary. And my son is also 16 years old. And can I tell you, the last two years was terrible. <laughs> oh, those teenagers, those teenagers, oh, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> and boys also. It was like for me to remind myself every time I did the same mistake. A small example. We all say, oh, I told you so. Because our parents told us, I told you so. Every time I said, I said it, I said it many, many times. I try to break the circle, the cycle, because I think only if we change and uh, not say and do the same thing as much as possible, because it has been planted in our DNA, I think, it's only this way we can break the circle for our children and for their children. Right. Why did you write your book in English rather than your Greek language? That's a very interesting question. Uh, first of all, uh, my, my son goes to an English school. So the last, uh, since he was uh, in nursery here in Greece. So the last 15 years, I have been uh, dealing a lot in English with uh, teachers, his homeworks, everything is in English. Uh, I started reading a lot of English books. I was taught English as a child and it always came easily to me. And I thought I'll do this in English. First of all, I didn't want the book to be presented and sold in Greece because I thought the Greeks would think of it uh, and would read it uh, like they would read uh, a gossip magazine or they would try to find some gossips because they knew my family. I wanted to give it another kind of um, higher level and to place it uh, abroad so people who uh, are not Greeks can read it in English and Greeks, of course, if they want to, <laughs> to disassociate it from Greece to put it on an international level. I have got a lot of feedback from Greece. It is very, um, uh, how do you say, it? it's very emotional. And they were so, so touched. It has made a big impact to people who knew us well. But because this book is out of my heart, it's like a like a diary. People who knew me, it, it made them, uh, it touched a, a, a special chord. Man, just hearing that about the tears in your parents' eyes as they're reading your book. So what does the word legacy mean to you in general? Legacy. Uh, it is something which has been given to us. We have inherited it, let's say, and we have to take very good care of something uh, fragile, which needs to be taken care in order to continue existing. Do you think that there's an importance of legacy in not necessarily your family business, but a family business. Yes, we can make legacies uh, in our everyday lives, in our routines. It doesn't have to be a business. We can make the legacy of uh, trying to bond with our uh, children or with our spouses. Uh, we can make a legacy of trying to be a trustworthy, honorable family. Uh, we can make a legacy of having fun. It doesn't have to be. We can modernize the, the word legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? I would like my legacy to be unique, to be my own way, and to be original, to be my truth with its good and bad. I, I am not perfect, far from. <laughs> I am not excellent, but I am original, and uh, I only speak the truth. I, I hate lies. So I would like my legacy to be a legacy of uh, truth, uh, self-acceptance, and uh, pride in a good manner. Awesome. So what are you doing now as the family business has been sold? What keeps you busy today? 
Yes. We still have some uh, things which keep us busy. We have some real estate in Greece and uh, me and my brother are taking care of the real estate uh, business. Uh, I'm also planning on writing a, a third book in the near future, something different. I think I had already written a few years ago a little uh, children's book. A little, It's like a, like a fairy story in Greek. And uh, my son keeps me very busy. <laughs> right on. If anybody wants to reach out to you for any reason to hear about the spirits business, talk to you about your book, just get some good insight because you, you've created quite a bit of excitement and uh, you've helped a lot of people. How would people reach out to you? Yes, I'm on the social media on both Instagram and Facebook as Metaxa Stars, which is the, my, my book. So obviously they could reach me there. Great. Well, I really appreciate you spending time with us today on uh, Let's Talk Legacy. Thank you very much. And take care of your legacy, your work legacy. Thank you. Thank you. Really enjoyed our time today. I'm glad, Gary. I'm glad talking to you. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.